welcome to the Elevate Podcast. We cover everything from missions, where you'll hear from seasoned missionaries and trailblazers on the field, to church production insights, covering topics like sound mixing, social media, and websites, to church planting, where you'll hear from church planting leaders and boots on the ground, to church systems and strategies, diving into programs like Planning Center and MailChimp. Let's grow and learn together. Hey guys, it has been a while since we've done an episode, um, but I am really, really, really excited for this one. So um, we have my dad here today, Howie Malone, and um, he is a retired military police officer who is the lead pastor of um, River, the River (laughs) Church in Waynesville, Missouri. Um, it's about an hour from Springfield, Missouri, if you're familiar with Springfield, which I think most of my listeners are. So um, yeah, uh, he has been pastoring the River Church for a little over 10 years now. And during his time in the military, um, was serving in various ministry roles at all of the churches uh, that we were at throughout my childhood, um, just as often as the worship pastor and just in different associate pastor and um, discipleship roles. So yeah, I am super excited. We're going to talk about um, leadership and uh, ministry in a, in a military context and also um, just what it's been like for him coming from a military perspective in ministry. So yeah. Thanks for having me, Esther. This is cool. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, full disclosure, it might get a little crazy in here. There might, yeah. might get a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Um, I think uh the first thing that I would like for you to share with us is just um I kind of gave a brief background, but just kind of your story of um, how you started doing ministry in a military context. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, honestly, it was a total God thing. As far as the uh, teaching, preaching role, uh, I've been singing since I was five and I'm now 64. So I've been at that for a day or two. Uh, so I've just always sung in church. And um, in the military chapels, you know, there's a, cha- a formal chapel system in the army and the army has chaplains that go to seminary and then they get commissioned as officers and they serve in the army in, in that role uh, over the different congregations. And they have um, a very, a very broad uh, group from, uh, you know, Roman, Roman Catholic to uh, Protestant. And they, they call it collective Protestant because it is kind of a interdenominational because we yeah. have so many people from so many kind of backgrounds. And so we have uh, chaplains that, that get, commissioned into the army from almost any denomination that you can name right but they all serve together and of course if they're from a protestant denomination like methodist or baptist or assembly of god or something like that mm-hmm. then they all serve in that what we call collective protestant um arena yeah and then uh and then we have uh gospel services uh where you'll find um some some of the denominations such as kojic the church of god in christ some, yeah and some, some of those denominations uh serving in those positions mm. specifically but yeah. Uh, yeah it's really just kind of a noah's ark of <laughs> <laughs> you know there's some of everybody in there which 
honestly is a really cool thing. Yes. Because you just get to see so many different perspectives and doctrines and dogmas and traditions of yeah. Christianity. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of the things I always say, even to our congregation, is that no one is getting it 100% right. Yeah. Not even us. Because if you yeah. don't think anyone else is getting it right, how can you for one minute think you're getting it 100% right? Yeah. That's pretty pinheaded, if you ask me. <laughs> you know, um, that's very narrow-minded. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I just think there's something to be learned from and something to be gained from and something to be respected about every different tradition. Yes. Uh, and so that, the fact that we get to move in that kind of a community in the military yeah. is a rare thing. And I think it's really, it's even just sort of a gift from God yes. to, to have that kind of, uh, especially for you kids, you know, we used to tell you yeah. girls, we loved the fact that you grew up in the chapel community because you have every race, every ethnicity, every yeah. uh, different denomination. Yes. Um, and so you're, you're my, you know, you're, I don't mean this in a negative way, but you're an inch deep and a mile wide in terms of your perspective of all these different yeah. things where if you just grow up like I did, I grew up in a denomination until I was in my mid twenties. When I went into the military, I was only exposed really primarily to that one set of doctrine, one set of dogma, one set of yeah. traditions and culture. And so that was, uh, one of the things I really appreciated about being in the military and being in the chapel system in yeah. the military. Um, so as far as for me personally, um, it, you know, my story's like a lot of people, I, uh, it's got a lot of twists and turns in it. I was raised in a Christian home. My father was a pastor, mm -hmm. uh, your granddad, you barely knew, but, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was a pastor. And so I grew up in church with a very, very heavy Christian influence in my life. Yeah. But then when I graduated college, went in the military, I really just, I got in kind of a dark place, walked away from the Lord, yeah. really never really lost faith in Jesus, but I was not practicing the faith. I was not reading my Bible, praying, going to chapel. Not, I wasn't doing anything. And I yeah. just really backslid badly. And, and I was that way for five or six years until I married your mom. Yeah. And, um, the first, and she had done the same thing. You know, we, we had both been raised that way and she had kind of walked away from the Lord too. So we had this train wreck called a marriage of two backslid <laughs> Christians you know, who were, <laughs> yeah, in the first, we weren't even married a year and we were talking about getting divorced. And so, but, but we knew God was our source. So we just got on our face before God and said, you know, that great prayer of faith that just says, Lord, we've screwed this up, please fix it. <laughs> and so he led us to this very church that I am now pastoring. Yeah. But that was in 1990. We came into the front doors of this church in January of 1990 rededicated our lives to the Lord, were rebaptized together. Yeah. And and honestly, in terms of our faith walk, we've never looked back. We've just really been sold out to the Lord and serving the Lord everywhere we go. And and he has just opened so many doors for us, you know. Um it's it really it just comes down to obedience, just going where he tells you to go and do what he tells you to do. And you'll be blessed, you know, and then yeah. uh, it goes from faith to faith and glory to glory, as the word says, right? And, yeah. and it's always increasing and it's always expanding with God. And that's been our experience. But um, so back to the military part of that, though, we really sort of went. It was almost like we were in Bible school at this church the first three yeah. years 
that we were back with the Lord. It was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, special meetings throughout the week, yeah. just a very intensive uh, studying of the word. The word mm -hmm. was preeminent in this church. It always has been, and it still is. Yeah. Uh, it's the word and the spirit. We try to, you know, it's because the two of them work together. Yeah. But, but there was a super emphasis on the word. And I learned things in this church in that three years that I had never knew about the Lord and about the word. And, and I didn't, I know now that it really was Bible school for your mother. And, yeah. I. Yeah. and um, God was preparing us for ministry. And so yeah. we left here, went to Korea, immediately got thrown into a pastoring position in the chapel yeah. um, for a uh, uh, non-denominational charismatic church that was meeting on Sunday nights. So we pastored that for two years. Then we moved to, uh, and, and, you know, the whole story of the army is you're moving, you're constantly moving. Yeah. So then we, we, you were born while we were there Woo. in Korea. Woo. Um, and then um, we moved to Atlanta and we were there for six years in Atlanta. And that was the only time in our career where we were, away from the military base, you know, we lived about yeah. 30 miles away and we were just in a church, in a community yeah. where you girls really first came to faith. Yeah. Um, and then from there, we went sort of back into the army system. And when we moved to Germany yeah. in 2001 and we were there for four years and again, just God started opening doors for me. Right. Again, just through my obedience. Yeah. I was, you know, when we went to Korea and the Lord said, you're, you're going to pastor this church. And I was like, you are crazy. I don't know. You, you've rung the wrong bell. I don't know who you're talking to, but you got the wrong guy for this assignment. Yeah. Um, but you know, in the end, I just knew it was God. So I went with it and yeah. uh, just flew by the seat of my pants a lot. Yeah. And, uh, good mentors that helped me. And yeah. um, then um, again, more uh, really the, uh, your mom and I got into uh leading worship full-time in Atlanta, did that for six years, then went to Germany. Same thing, almost immediately when we got to Germany, we were put over the worship in the yeah. collective Protestant service. And then uh, the war in Iraq broke out in March of 03. All the chaplains went to war with the division, with the, with the first armored division. And the community chaplain came to me and said, hey, all my chaplains are gone. Didn't you tell me you used to preach? And I said, <laughs> yeah. And he said, well, then I need you to preach one Sunday a month until the division returns. Well, they were gone for 15 months. Yeah. But for 15 months, I sort of was a chaplain. And I yeah. used to joke because I would go to the, I would be at the PX or the commissary shop and in uniform and people would walk up and go, oh, Chaplain Malone, how are you doing? And I'd say, no, I'm, I'm the provo marshal. I'm the chief of police. I'm not a chaplain. <laughs> but they would see me preaching, so they thought I was a chaplain. Yeah. Um, so that happened there. Then we moved back here to Fort Leonard Wood. And I got deployed to Afghanistan. And once again, um, I was there one week and an opportunity opened for me to take over a fellowship there on my base and preach yeah. the word every Friday night at a thing called the coffee house. Um, and it was a very interdenominational army kind of a thing. And we yeah. even had a lot of, I love this part too, because at that time, a lot of uh, missionaries from the non-governmental organizations yeah. that were sort of there flying under the radar, doing a lot of presence yeah. ministry. Well, they had, they needed to go somewhere to get fed. Well, they would come to our meeting. Yeah. So I got to kind of get woven into this network of all these missionaries. Yeah. And, I, and I just learned a great um, appreciation for them. Mm -hmm. And even back to Korea too. I remember uh, the Assemblies of God had a uh, ministry in Seoul. And yeah. we used to go there on Sunday afternoons and they had a meeting. And we got to know a lot of those uh, missionaries. They would yeah. come to our meetings on Sunday night as well. And so just cool, the family of God, you know, everywhere you go, you just plug in and, um, you know, God's everywhere and he's moving everywhere. You just have to look for him, right? Yeah. And you just plug into what he's doing. Yeah. Um, 
But then back to Afghanistan, even there, and it just blew my mind how God does what he does. But um, one of our chaplains was literally blown up in an IED incident. Mm-hmm. didn't kill him, but he had a heart attack. And yeah. they had to medevac him back to the States. And so the chief of chaplains came to me and three other lay ministers that were all leading fellowships on our base. And he yeah. said, guys, you're going to have to rotate one Sunday a month. You're going to preach the collective Protestant service until mm-hmm. we get another chaplain. Well, it was five months before yeah. we got a chaplain. So once a month, I'm up there preaching. And when I wasn't preaching, I was leading worship. Yeah. And, um, so that's just how it's been with me. It was just everywhere I went, God would open these doors for me to be able to preach the word and lead worship and uh, just be in leadership in, in the body, all literally all over the world. I've preached the word on, on four continents, which blows my mind when I think about that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, one that I even got to go to four continents, but, but the opportunity to, to preach the word. Yeah. You know, and encourage believers and then and of course engage with non-believers as well yeah. with the gospel has just been an incredible blessing in my life. Yeah. Um, and, and then I retired here and I thought <laughs> thought when your your little sister Molly graduated high school, we had the big plan, right? We were gonna move to Colorado and live yeah. in the cabin in the mountains and all that stuff. And uh, one year before she graduated, the uh, the pastor's position came open here at at what is now the river. It was Grace Covenant Christian Center back yeah. then. And um, uh, they said, oh, would you step in and be the interim until we find somebody? And I said, "Yeah, well, yeah, I think I could do that. And that was <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's how that went. Yeah. But that's, that's, that was a long story, but that, it, it's been a long story. I'm 64 years old. I've yeah. been this for a long, long time. Welcome with the Lord. And and he's just been so good to uh, me and your mom and to you girls. And yeah. uh, it's been an incredible ride. So Yeah. It is pretty crazy, like, just listening to it all laid out like that. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what? I mean, you, if you wrote that as, a like, a, a, a screenplay, people would go, you can't make a movie out of that. Nobody would believe that would happen yeah. in life like that. That doesn't yeah. happen like that. But it yeah. did. I didn't even know about you doing the Sunday mornings in Afghanistan. I knew about the Friday night thing. Oh right? yeah, yeah. The Friday night thing was yeah. The Friday night thing was for eleven and a half months that I was there. Yeah. And then five months of the collect preaching in the collective Protestant service every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I, of course I was doing it once once a month. So it was five times that I did that over that five yeah. months. Yeah. Yeah. Just I. I and it was so funny because I told your mom when I went to Afghanistan, I said, this is going to be the most incredible year for me. It's just going to be, I'm going to be in some little base camp in Afghanistan. And it's just going to be me and God. I'm just going to get in the word and I'm just going to spend time with God. And I'm not going to have to be in charge of anybody or lead anybody or prepare sermons or do any of that stuff. It's just okay. going to be great. That lasted one week. Yeah. <laughs> After I got there. And the Lord said, no, you see that young Air Force captain's leaving. You're going to take her place. Yeah. And I was like, really, God, are you kidding me? And sure enough, I was right back in there going. Yeah. You know? Yep. But but that's just how it is with him. Yeah. Yeah. I think I will say that it just goes to show that, because I know there's, I've heard, I've had so many people talk to me, especially when I was on the mission field, that were like, oh, like, I wish I could just be in full-time ministry like you. Like, I just want to be like used by God and like being able to like, you know, reach people, disciple people, minister people, whatever. Um, but like being in full-time ministry is like not a requirement to being able to be 
ministering to people and like being used by God wherever you go. Um, I mean, I think if you're a Christian and you're in the military, like you kind of are just a missionary, like, (laughs) yeah, you really are. Um, yeah, except you don't have to fundraise because the military pays. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's an all expense paid tour. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you wanted to go or not. Yeah. You don't have any choice of when you go and where you go, but you know, slight drawback. You know, like you think, okay, Afghanistan, you know, that was a combat zone. Some of my close personal friends were killed. Some of them were wounded severely, you know, and I had a hard time dealing with that uh, after I came back. But uh, even with all that, um, I was never shot at. I was never threatened. Never had a weapon pointed at me the whole year I was there, even though I was out what we call outside the wire a hundred days. A hundred of the days I was there, we were out in our Humvees, moving and grooving across the country where we certainly could have been engaged by enemy forces. We certainly could have been blown up or shot at because some of my, like I said, my my friends, the very same road I drove down every day, they drove down and got killed. You know, so that's a very real threat. Um, But, you know, you just pray and you do your job. You get in your vehicle and go do your job. Um, But... um, um, I'm thinking about that now. I kind of forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, just I want you to tell, and you can censor this however you need to censor this. I want you to tell the story about the, um, like when they, the open door man thing in Afghanistan. Oh my goodness, yeah. Yes. Um, so, um, I got to know this guy who I'm still super close friends with. And in fact, our church gives into their ministry every month. Uh, and he was a, he was an Afghan national, but he had dual citizenship. He was also an American citizen. Yeah. So he was a contractor that worked with the U S government and God put the two of us together and I met this guy and we started doing all these projects together. And every time I would be around him, I just, something was stirred in me. Right. And, What I later realized when I found out uh, what this story you're talking about is that he was a Christian. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's a Muslim country. And so we just assume that every person that you meet that's from the country is a Muslim, not a Christian. But it's like your mother says, you know, there's a there's a scripture where it says the uh, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Yeah. And your mother always says it this way. She says the Holy Spirit recognizes himself in each other. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's what it was. The Holy Spirit in me was recognizing the Holy Spirit in him. Yeah. And I didn't realize it for a while. I just kept thinking, what is it about this guy? I just love this guy. I just want to hang out with this guy. Yeah. And he kept inviting me to his house in Kabul. Yeah. I was stationed in Kabul, the, the capital city, three million people. It's like be like living in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, it was huge. And he kept saying, Well, you know, Lieutenant Colonel Malone, you need to bring your team and you need to come over to my house for lunch. I want to serve you lunch. So I was like, bro, we're not allowed to do that. We are not allowed to like go to people's house. Yeah. That's bad juju. We don't do that. Yeah. And for months he kept after me. And so finally, after I'd been there about six months, I, I just, one day I got up and I knew that was the day. And I told my team, I said, guys, today's the day we're going to Mr. I won't say his name. We're going to go to my buddy's house. And they're like, what? And I said, just don't worry about it. I'll take the heat. If we get in trouble, I'll, I got it. Yeah. Cause I had a six man team and I was the senior guy. 
So we load up our Humvees, we go over there, we drum, we come down this alleyway, we come to these gates in a walled compound. There's guys out there with AK-47 rifles, and I'm thinking, yeah. God, this better be you, you know, because <laughs> I feel peace about going to this place. I don't even know why, but I just do. Yeah. So they open the gates, and we go into the compound. Well, when we pull inside the compound, and I stop my Humvee, I look out the window, and there's a garden there. There sits three or four of the, the missionaries that come to my oh. meeting every Friday night. And I look out the window and they're like, hey, Howie. And I'm like, uh, hey, y'all, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> and they said, oh, Mr. I won't say his name. Yeah, yeah. He's having a big meeting. And I said, okay. <laughs> I see what's going on here. And I knew right then, I thought, he's wired into all these Christian organizations. Yeah. So I walk in the kitchen. He comes out to greet me. I walk in the kitchen and I said, and he said, well, I said his name good now. That's okay. They don't it's okay. Me. We'll edit it out. We'll edit it out. Yeah. 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 And I, I said, brother, you've been keeping secrets from me. <laughs> and he said, he said, well, yeah, for obvious reasons. And I said, okay, it's cool. So we walk in through the kitchen and he goes, go on into the living room and we're going to serve you lunch. And as I walked in the foyer, there were all these missionaries standing there in a circle. Mm -hmm. There was probably about five or six of them. Yeah. And they had come to this meeting, right? This meeting yeah. of all the missionaries organizations um, that were being hosted at his, his house. Yeah. And um, as we walked in the door, you know, and here we are in full battle, right? What we call battle rattle, right? I yeah. mean, we got rifles hanging down, pistols stuck in here, all kind of ammunition everywhere, hand grenades hanging off of us, all this yeah. stuff, right? We got our helmets and goggles and everything on. Yeah. And we come walking in the living room, and this one lady looks at me and she goes, Look, it's the gospel doorkeepers. And I said, excuse me? She said, you, you're the gospel doorkeepers, you guys. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, well, you know, the Lord told us um, back in 2001 that when the U.S. military entered Afghanistan, that a door was opening for the gospel mm. and that the soldiers of the U.S. and all the other coalition countries were the doorkeepers that were going to mm. hold the door open for the gospel to come into this country. Yeah. But the Lord also told us we have a very short time mm. and that door is going to close. Yeah. When the door, when the, when the military leaves, the door is going to close. Yeah. The gospel. And you know, the sad thing is I hoped I would never live to see that day. Yeah. But now we have. Yeah. The good news is that a lot of the, a lot of Afghan people have escaped into other places. I'm yeah. got to be careful what I say, but, yeah. um, yeah. and my buddy is still doing, great, great ministry. His organization is still alive and well and doing yeah. great things for Afghan people. And even still yeah. uh, right there in the capital city where that was the, the where their headquarters was for their ministry, they yeah. are still going gangbusters. Yeah. Um, and, you know, God's not being stopped and, and people are still being witnessed to and being ministered to and coming to the Lord in Afghanistan, yeah. even with the Taliban back in power. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was that was a that was a real incredible moment for me when that lady said that to me about us yeah. being the gospel doorkeepers, you know. Yeah. 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 I I think a lot of people have a lot of perspectives and opinions on the US military and on being in the Middle East and all of that, but I think as Christians, I think hearing those kinds of things is super important because it did allow the gospel into a place like 
God works through so many kind of crazy circumstances to like get mm-hmm. his word to people that need to hear it. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, he can even move in ways of like giving people dreams and things. But my understanding is a lot of the time when people have had those dreams in Afghanistan, it was leading them to like a missionary or someone who was there that was able to share that with them. So um, yeah. Can I, I think- share something about that real quick? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the guys that used to come to the meeting that I led on Friday nights, yeah. he was a, he was a civilian engineer and he was working with a company that was there building hospitals and schools in the country. And so uh, one of the things they did was they carried uh, Bibles in their backpacks that mm-hmm. were in the native language of the Afghans. Yeah. And uh, he told me several times that he would be at the job site and that these Afghan people, it was always men because, you know, Afghan women would never walk, would never approach a, a male from mm-hmm. period, but especially from another country mm-hmm. and talk to them. That's taboo in their yeah. uh, Islamic culture. Mm-hmm. But um he said these men would come up to him and say, I had a dream. And in my dream, this man with, with long hair and a beard and a shiny white robe told me to come to this work site and ask mm-hmm. for the little green book. Yeah. And the guy would say, oh, yeah, I have those right here in my backpack. Yeah. And what they were is they were New Testaments in, in the Dari language. Yeah. And he said, Howard, it happens all the time. Yeah. And I was just like, man, look at God. Yeah. <laughs> you can't stop him. Yeah, you can't outsmart him. You know? If God can do it, it <laughs> no, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Oh, let me tell you the one other story. I want to tell you about yeah. my friend Stephen King. Yes. Not, oh yeah, yeah. Tell that one. Not the movie maker, the <laughs> book writer Stephen King. It's the yeah. So Stephen King was an infantry lieutenant colonel, and he and I we worked in what's called J three operations together. I was mm-hmm. the chief of protection. Uh, because I was a, a military policeman and that's mm-hmm. kind of what we do. And um, he was working uh, some other operation. I forget what specifically they had him doing, but we sat right next to each other in, in our little office area. And it was kind of cramped. You know, you're in a combat zone. You're not in, you know, an office building in America somewhere. Yeah. So it was kind of a cramped quarters, but we sat right next to each other and, you know, we just did work every day. Yeah. I never once read my Bible at my desk. I never, I had no tracts to hand out. I did not preach the gospel. I I just did my work and he did his work. And we sat next to each other for several months. And one morning I got up to go to breakfast and uh, because we would come in and work for a while and then we would go eat and then we would come back. Mm -hmm. And I got ready to go to breakfast and he said, Howie, where are you heading? And I said, I'm going to the chow hall to get some, some breakfast. And he goes, can I come with you? And I said, sure. So we went and it was kind of later in the morning. So when yeah. we got to the chow hall, it, they were about to close and there wasn't anyone around there. And yeah. they had an outside patio area where you could eat. So we yeah. got our food, went on the patio and we sat down and we ate our food and he's just sitting there looking at me. And he just, he got real emotional. And uh, I said, Steve, are you okay? And he said, what is it? <laughs> I said, <laughs> what is what? He said, what, what is it about you? I said, what are you talking about? He said, man, there's, you, there's something you've got. And he just began to weep. Mm. He said, I don't know what it is, but I've got to have it. Yeah. And I just started to kind of laugh and cry at the same time. And I said, oh, <laughs> Steve, that's Jesus, man. It's yeah. Jesus. That's who I've got. It's not a what, it's a who. Yeah. And I sat right there and I led him to the Lord. Yeah. And I just thought, man, God, 
you know, the word says, let your light so shine yeah. before men that they will see your good works and give honor to your father who's in heaven. Yeah. And that was literally what that was. I mean, I, I don't even know what I said or what I did that so impacted him. And the one thing I could think about is, I mean, we are in a combat zone. Yeah. People are being killed and being yeah. wounded all the time. And yeah. The only thing I can think of is that I was just always very calm. I was always mm. very peaceful. I was always very jo joyful and smiling and laughing and just calm. Mm. And, you know, nothing really rattled me, but it, it yeah. was just the peace of God that I had, you know, and yeah. just walking with the Lord. Mm. And I just feel like that's what impressed him. He, he had no peace. Yeah. You know, he didn't have any peace and he just saw the peace of God all over. Yeah. And he didn't even know what it was. He didn't even know what to call it. He just said, mm -hmm. man, there's something you've got, I've got to have. And yeah. I guess I just say that to say, sometimes I think as believers, we make it too hard. Yeah. And especially as Americans, because in America, you know, if you buy a toaster, right, that all it has is the little button that you push down with your thumb to make yeah. the bread go down in it. But there's a book that comes with that thing. Yeah. It has all these warnings and all these, this is how you push it. And yeah. this is, you turn the thing and there's all these instructions. And so we get this mindset that we have to be that way when it comes to Jesus mm. with people. We think we got to memorize the whole Bible. We've got to be able to, you know, lay out the whole exegesis from, you know, Genesis to Revelation <laughs> yeah. and everything and explain why there was two animals in each pair and it wasn't three. And, yeah. you know, and yeah. we think if we can't do that, that we're, that we're not going to be affected. Mm. No, we just, our life is the gospel if we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. If we're in yeah. God's word, if we're walking with him, if we're spending time with him, our life is a living epistle. Paul said that. Yeah. That we are living letters from God to people. Yeah. To lead them to him. Yeah. And I just think we put too much pressure on ourselves, mm. you know? And I think if we would just give ourselves a break. Yeah. And just... And, and honestly, Esther, you know, I've talked talk to you about that story before about Steve King. Yeah. That was a big lesson for me because I had been one of those people, you know, I refer to myself yeah. a lot as a recovering Pharisee because yeah. I was one of those, you know, legalists growing up. Mm. And it took a long time for God to get me out of that and into a place yeah. of really, truly of just the freedom of, of just trusting God and understanding that yeah. no, God's the one doing the work. He's yeah. done it all from the beginning and he's going to finish it. He's the yeah. author and the finisher of it all. Right. Yeah. And, um, we just get to go along for the ride. We just get to be blessed. Yeah. And yes, we have to study and yes, we have to pray and yes, we have to memorize the word and all those things are good. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, unless God moves, no one's going to give their heart to the Lord. Mm -hmm. We can't change anyone. Yeah. We can't even change ourselves. Right. If we could yeah. change ourselves, we'd already done it by now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what that story just speaks volumes to me. And yeah. I think, especially for your, audience, people who are, are either on the mission field or are considering going to the mission field. Yeah. I know how it was for me as an American soldier, just being in a foreign country. It's intimidating. Yeah. Yes. Being in a culture where you don't know the language, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and you don't know the culture, you don't know the traditions, you don't know what's acceptable, you don't know what's yeah. not. And so you're kind of on pins and needles and you're, yeah. you're very apprehensive. Yeah. But yet, especially if we're going there to do ministry, we just have to trust that, man, God called you there. Yeah. He sent you there. He has equipped you to yeah. do what he's called you to do. Yeah. Just trust him and let him do his work through you. And you'll just be amazed at what happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. 
so much of it is like, we literally just have to show up and like be willing and also like kind of, I think, release expectations of like, oh, well, I want it, I want it to look like this or that when God uses me or like, I'm willing for God to use me if it's like in this way or that way. I think when we show up and we're willing to do whatever he asks us to do, then that's when people just randomly come to you and are like, oh, hey, you do this, right? Like, okay, we need you to do this. Just to kind of summarize, first of all, we're probably going to do a second episode because we're about to end this one, but, and I didn't even like ask you any of the things that I was originally yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just um, <laughs> I think the, the, what is really cool about the military church experience, and I think you also see this in the missions church experience, is when you're doing church with people from like all these different like ethnic, um, cultures, nationalities, um, even like denominations and, and religious backgrounds is like, it really strips away all of the other crap that we put on top of it. And it yep. just like, you're literally just left with the gospel and that's it. Yeah. That's the one, cause that's the one thing that you all have in common. And that's really yeah. the only thing that actually matters. So absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's something super valuable not to mention which i want we'll have to talk about this in another episode but not to mention the diversity aspect that comes along with that in oh yeah missions and military there's so much crossover there but um yeah so we have to end this one but we're going to do another one because i want you guys to hear um just about doing ministry in a military context and um all of that that comes along with it because I think it is a really unique perspective that is really valuable um even if you're not in a military context so um yes but thanks for telling us all the stories yeah man it's great just to you know rehearse those and just be reminded of how awesome God is yeah yeah what a crazy ride I've been on with him (laughs) and you've been on a lot of it too with me (laughs) yeah it's cool yeah so guys I I know that you got stuff out of this, so um, definitely come back and listen to the next part because it will be equally as crazy and good.